Also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190-1075-FM. Um, I always get this when I fill in for Pat. People are always asking if he's all right. He's fine. I was just talking to him uh, before the show today, so just to have to cover for him. A little under the weather today, but uh, he's he's doing just fine. All right, so we gotta we got to address the State of the Union. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of lies that were said in the State of the Union address, and I know that that's really kind of par for the course for a State of the Union. It's really not all that surprising. Uh, we also did have some interesting moments. Uh, Lauren Bobart uh, had some some interesting outbursts at the event, and I was lucky enough to not have to cover this live yesterday because usually I cover the State of the Union address live, but I had the event with Tony Kinnett, and we were able to actually um, do that instead. It was much more enjoyable and Tony made the trip from Indianapolis down here to uh, to Michiana. We were able to have that uh, education, not indoctrination event yesterday. Went off great. was fantastic. He was amazing. And I uh, look forward to doing more things with him in the future. Uh, and just like that, looks like uh, Rumble has decided that it wants to work. Weird, weird how that works. It, my live stream has been functioning just fine on my website, but Rumble was giving me issues. And now it looks like Rumble may or may not. I don't know. Rumble's doing weird stuff, folks. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, if you want to watch the live stream, go to my website, theburningtruth.us. Just click on live stream and you'll be able to go ahead and uh, watch the live stream. It's just being really weird. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Maybe we'll try and reboot during the uh, commercial break and see if we can uh, fix it a little bit. Okay. So the state of the union address, um, can you kill my audio, please, Josh? I, I just want to summarize how this went. This is one tiny little clip from the State of the Union last night, and this is pretty much an example of how the entire speech was. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Newsman, Josh, what country are they invading right now? The Russians? Not Iran? Are you sure about that? ...of the Iranian people. He'll never, he'll never extinguish their love. Thanks. But he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. That was the, that was, that was the State of the Union address. It's pretty much how it went. I, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> There's a moment where Joe Biden's like, I ordered more pills than anybody else in the world. And there's Steve Scalise like holding in his laughter. From just very, it's awkward. I don't know how else to say it. This was an awkward, awkward speech. It lasted for an hour, right about what I told you he he would get out of it. And right about then, the medicine starts to wear off, and they don't know what to do with the guy. But it was about what you would expect. He went out there. He did some, yeah, rah, rah, cheerleading for Ukraine. And then it was just lie after lie after lie after lie after lie, uh, old nebulous platitude after old nebulous platitude, and guns are bad, 100-round uh, magazine capacity, super bad, and he just continues to rail off all these same old talking points that Democrats have had debunked since the 1970s. And I don't, I don't know why people continue to fall for it, probably because there's a perpetual cycle of new people getting into politics and the tried-and-true imagery even though it's debunked and nonsensical, continues to work on younger folks who haven't had the experience of dealing with these issues their entire lives. And that's just kind of where we're at. So I've got several several lies here that I wanted to go over, okay? And I'm not going to bore you with a ton of clips. I'm not even going to do my State of the Union address in two minutes like I usually do, just because it was that bad. So 
you know, luckily I didn't have to watch it live and live cover it. I, I was able to pick up uh, on it later. But let's just start off with some of the lies that were said during the State of the Union address. Uh, freedom will always triumph over tyranny. Now, in, in spirit, I tend to agree with that, especially when you have a free-minded people. However, freedom will always triumph over tyranny probably shouldn't come out of the mouth of a guy who's forcing people to do things against their will in spite of the science. You think? You think, mate? By the way, two new Pfizer studies have come out this week. Two new ones. Both say Casey was right. It's literally, it's right there. It's right there in the abstract of the study. Radio talk show host Casey Hendrickson was right all along. We're sorry. Biden opened his speech by praising the lack of COVID-19 theater in the legislative chambers and claiming that freedom will always triumph over tyranny. Now, again, we told you that the only reason nobody was wearing a mask there is because the Democrats realize this is a losing issue. Everybody's over it. Everybody, with the exception of you cultist few, understand that masks do not work. They do not provide any protection. Everybody understands that this has been political theater. People have spent the past two years watching their elected officials and their public health officials, including right around you, Eric Holcomb, running around, having their personal little parties with one another, not wearing masks and, you know, not socially distancing and hanging out while you tell the peasants to go out there and not have any of that fun. You get to do it. Nobody else gets to. It's not just Democrats that are doing it. It has happened in our own state. For those of you on the Indiana side of the border, for those of you in Michigan, I'm sorry that I escaped Michigan before you did. The audacious claim comes just a few months after the uh, so-called president, the former vice president, tried to force the coronavirus jab on American workers, pushed his administration to work with big tech to censor his political opponents, and smeared Republicans as domestic terrorists for caring about their children's education. Yeah, freedom will always triumph over tyranny. Except he's the tyrannical type. I don't want to say he's a full-blown tyrant yet. He's trying to be. Remember, it was the White House that orchestrated that parents are domestic terrorist thing. The parents who showed up at school board meetings. That was an orchestrated effort that came from the White House. It did not come from the school board associations. Next, powerful sanctions stopped Russia. Really? Does Ukraine know that? Does Ukraine have any idea that these powerful sanctions have stopped Russia? I'm looking at, uh, is that, what is that? 450 missile launches by the Russians, according to U.S. officials right now. Breaking news. I'm, I'm staring at Kiev on fire on news right there. Right. Somebody should probably pick up the phone and call President Zelensky and let him know that those powerful sanctions have stopped Russia. The powerful sanctions that Biden has not put on the Russian energy sector, by the way. Oh, good news is we're almost at $4 a gallon gas. So thanks for that, Biden. Appreciate that. What else do we have? I'm always honest. Is Joe Biden always honest, guys? I'll let, I'll let you decide. Is he always honest? I mean, there are lie trackers and everything else, but, you know, a lot of the lie trackers under Trump were not true. They were fake. Uh, a lot of times they said he lied when he actually didn't lie. So you, you'll have to pretty much be the judge on those lies, but... I think the uh, the Federalist lie trackers are like 121. <laughs> I'm always honest. This is a guy who's had several campaigns stop because he was caught plagiarizing. <laughs> I'm always honest. Okay. 
Uh, the next lie in the State of the Union address, the American Rescue Plan worked. No, it didn't. Not only did it not work, it is the reason, one of the main reasons that we have major inflation right now. So anybody who says the American Rescue Plan worked, by the way, just a couple of weeks ago, whole articles, several out of major economic publications on how the American Rescue Plan didn't do diddly squat. But hey, Joe Biden doesn't lie, so you have to believe him, right? What's the next one? Oh, the uh, Trump tax cuts only help the rich. That is a lie that is so bad that you had journalists actually on Twitter during the Trump administration leading into the midterms two years into his administration where they were bragging about how they had fooled so many Americans whose taxes were cut into believing that their taxes were actually raised. And they were bragging about it openly on social media. No, Trump's tax cuts actually were not a benefit to the rich in California or to the rich in New York or any any of those places where the salt tax situation exists. But it did lower all of your taxes unless, of course, you have adopted many, many children. Uh, there was that weird sort of a loophole that caused issues for um, large adopted families. And, and there was an issue with that. But other than that, your taxes went down because of Donald Trump's tax cuts, period. End of story. It is a false claim. It has been absolutely debunked a million times. But, but Joe Biden is honest. He'll never lie to you, he says. Joe Biden has also said that he's created lots of jobs. No, he hasn't. Still hasn't created those jobs. And remember, when you hit pause in the economy and people go back to their old job and businesses are allowed to reopen because governors finally realize that this is a losing political issue in those blue states, you didn't create any of those jobs. You didn't do it. You can stop saying that now. But in Joe Biden's mind, and he would never lie to us, ladies and gentlemen, in Joe Biden's mind, he is the greatest jobs-creating president ever. He said so himself in a nationally televised address. Nobody's ever created more jobs than me. I'm the best jobs-creating president in the history of jobs-creating presidents. That's what he said. So, I mean, paraphrasing that last part, but that's what he said. He said he's the best one at creating jobs, which is a complete and total lie. But there's more. There's more. So we will go ahead and go over that. Coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, and covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WOA, 107.5 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. All right, we're going over some of the lies of the State of the Union address. What do we have here? Uh, buying American products is a priority, Biden said. Biden said that buying American products is a priority for his administration, but has conveniently avoided reinstating U.S. energy independence by cutting off Russian oil supplies and lifting his ban on American drilling. You know, here's the thing. Um, You could say that they're stretching a little bit on that one, but I want to point something out because I had this conversation with a uh, friend of mine who is a business owner and is talking about supply chain issues that are affecting his company. One of the things that we pointed out going back to the the pre-holiday cog of ships that were off the West Coast was that the Biden administration 
massively increased the taxes, the tariffs on these um, these chassis that hold the shipping containers. And pretty much the entire world, their supply of chassis that hold these shipping containers comes from China. China makes them fast. They make them in mass. They're affordable. They send them off everywhere. And we use those at our docks and our harbors. And we pull the, you know, you pull the shipping containers off. You put them on the chassis. The chassis is then able to be hooked up to a vehicle and moved around. Okay. Unions went to the Biden administration and asked the Biden administration to tariff the snot out of those chassis so those chassis would not be purchased from China and would instead be made in the United States. All right. Now, some of you are probably going to be okay with that. That's fine. You're helping American industry out. Okay. But once we started having a shipping crisis, and one of the main issues with the shipping crisis and all of the issues at, at the, uh, the docks and everything else was that we did not have enough chassis to put the shipping containers on to move the shipping containers around. And as a result, the shipping containers were staying in the warehouse and nothing was leaving the warehouse. So warehouse space completely filled up. Trucks weren't being allowed into California because of their stupid environmental standards and weren't allowed to haul things away. And there were no chassis to actually haul anything away. And stuff just kept building up, building up, building up. And ships were not allowed to basically unload their cargo in our, our, uh, our docks. And so you could argue that buying American in that instance, certainly with the shipping crisis, is actually why we are still having a supply chain crisis in the United States. And, of course, uh, our former mayor, old Pete Booty Judgy there, is too busy not going to work and not addressing that issue and even going to his boss and asking to temporarily lift the tariff on those chassis so we can at least get through this situation and make things go better. And there's still a shipping situation. It's not as bad as it was at Christmas time, but there's still a major shipping situation. So we'll go over some of the other stuff here and we'll try and go a little bit quicker on this coming up on Newstalk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. Also covering for Pat Miller today on Newstalk 1190, well, 107.5 FM. All right, still going over some of the lies from the State of the Union address. Uh, Biden claimed that the economy roared back faster than almost anyone predicted. Right. Um, anybody want to tell him that the economy wouldn't have to roar back if, you know, Democrat policies were put in place? Anyway. Oh, boy. Um don't forget about inflation, the coming housing crisis, and everything else that we're going to be dealing with, the rental crisis, which is tied to the housing crisis. All of that right right up the road. Energy energy supply issues that we are having right now. Let's not forget, last November, Biden decided to open up our strategic oil reserves and sell them in Asia instead of keeping them for ourselves for a moment like, I don't know, Russia invading Ukraine, which would have been nice, but he chose he chose not to do that. By the way, Casey Hendrickson here on 95.3 MNC, also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, WoWo, 107.5 FM. The solution to inflation is lower your costs. 
that's something that you hear from a 13-year-old who doesn't know anything about economics. That's not a legitimate statement at all. Biden claimed that the solution to inflation is for businesses to lower your costs, not your wages. Hey, what's what's one of the biggest expenses of businesses, if not the biggest expense of business? Anyone? Come on, you business owners out there, you know the answer to this. Right, wages. So if a business has to lower their costs to operate, what is it that they typically do? This is how recessions start. They have to lay off workers. That is the best way to lower their costs. It's, I mean, it's insane. You're, it's not just that you're hearing this coming out of a politician and the former vice president. It's that this is a person in their 70s with a lifetime in politics, and they still think like a 12 or 13-year-old kid. My tax plan will lower costs and the deficit. No, it won't. There's no assessments that show it will lower the deficit. All of them show it will increase it. Biden's tax plan will result in a net increase in the deficit totaling $367 billion over the 2022 to 2031 period, not counting any additional revenue that may be generated by additional funding for tax enforcement, according to the CBO. That's the Congressional Budget Office. There is no assessment of Biden's plan where the deficit does not increase. Anyone making less than 400K doesn't have to pay more taxes. Also, not true, but they finagle this one. It gives them plausible deniability here. Biden also repeated one of his favorite falsehoods that anyone making less than $400,000 a year doesn't have to pay any more in taxes. Experts, however, agree that this premise not to raise taxes on those making less than $400,000 a year is ambitious and not realistic because those who who fall below the mark are still subject to consequences from a highly taxed economy. Um, And by the way, that includes inflation. It includes the additional taxes that are going to be raised on various other things, especially if Pete Buttigieg has his way with the wheel tax and all this other stuff. So it's purely about income taxes. And as most of the tax assessments of his plan have been done, they have found that, yeah, while most people are not going to have an increase in, in income taxes, they're going to pay higher taxes in other categories that won't be counted towards income taxes. But you will pay higher taxes, period. There's actually a couple of assessments that said people in low income echelons will have the higher tax burden placed upon them uh, under Biden's new plan. Uh, See, let's lower the cost of insulin. Remember, I told you when it broke, when this happened in the beginning of his administration, Biden is the one who raised the price of insulin. Trump had already lowered the price of insulin. Biden rescinded that executive order. And I told you he was going to rescind it because he wanted to come back and he wanted to do it himself and then claim credit. That is exactly what happened. Uh, I was just watching a thing earlier today where they had that young kid who was honored the uh, the diabetes uh, uh, advocate. And I just, I wonder if anybody who was interviewing this kid had an idea to ask him, hey, what do you think of Joe Biden raising the price of insulin before he lowered it so he could take credit? Just, you know, I, is that an unfair question to ask of a, of a child advocate? Maybe, but everybody's focused on the story because it's a feel-good story and maybe perhaps the uh, the child should know about it. Biden is the one who raised the price of insulin. That's on him. Let's see. Funding police is necessary. Uh, We've already talked about this before. Uh, One of the lines was that Biden was not for defunding the police and that sort of thing. 
it was a spin. Um, Biden was never for fully defunding the police. That is true. However, we played you numerous clips on this show of Joe Biden advocating reducing funding to police departments and switching that funding to social programs. So to say that he is not for or hasn't been for defunding the police is a categorical lie that you can use the words out of his own filthy mouth at all of the debates to prove people wrong on. And we have played those sound bites on this show repeatedly over and over and over again. But just like all of these Democratic mayors and all of these Democratic governors who are now changing their mind about defunding the police, they all see the writing on the wall. You're coming into a midterm election and there isn't a single demographic outside of pasty white rich spoiled kids who like the idea of defunding the police. Everybody else, literally everyone is in favor of increasing funding of the police, and that includes black America, which is really inconvenient for white Democrats. So he's out there going, we need to fund the police, and people are clapping and they're cheering, but it's important to remember that, yeah, he has been in favor of reducing funds to the police, which is in some circles called defunding. He's just never openly come out and said, we need to abolish the police departments by completely defunding them. That was always the spin. Uh, The right to vote is under assault, yes, by Democrats. 100% by Democrats. We went over Georgia and Wisconsin yesterday as their cases continue to progress. Uh, The movement to desert in Wisconsin, and and again, this is being led by former Supreme Court justice, and the Supreme Court in Wisconsin before the election was certified, they had ruled that they thought, this this is a court ruling in the Supreme Court of the state of Wisconsin, that they felt there was 200,000 or more fraudulent ballots which would have been more than enough to swing the state in a different direction. And they really wanted an investigation by the legislature there. And that's one of the reasons that Governor Pence, well, former Vice President Pence, uh, was asked to not certify Wisconsin. And he chose to ignore that request from the legislature of Wisconsin. And now he wonders why he's on the outs with conservatives all over the, uh, the country. Well, and again, a lot of people assigned too much power to Pence than he actually had. But he did have some leeway, particularly with the state of Wisconsin, maybe with Arizona and Pennsylvania. Maybe. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, oh, yeah, we got we got some more research on the uh, nursing home situation in Wisconsin that came out today as well. Gun manufacturers are immune to lawsuits. Really? Because there was just a lawsuit against a gun manufacturer like two weeks ago that was settled. This is an old lie. Gun manufacturers can absolutely be sued, and they have been sued, and there was literally just a settlement with a gun manufacturer just a couple of weeks ago. There's there's nothing accurate about this statement. This is an old, debunked, nonsensical argument coming from radical left-wing activists, and I would like to point out, it is extremely odd that Joe Biden is making an anti-gun push when gun popularity is probably the highest it's been in decades in the United States, and the, the team that he's rooting for in this Ukraine-Russia conflict are now having to arm their citizens by handing out guns to repel the invasion. So he starts his speech off by praising the tenacity and bravery of Ukrainians who are defending their homeland, average citizens defending their homeland alongside their military, they're doing that because the government had to arm them. And they, they aren't particularly great shots like we are. They have to catch up 
So it's really interesting that simultaneously promoting arming citizens to fight off an invading force while arguing that you shouldn't have the ability to be armed to fend off an invading force in the same speech. He also said abortion is health care. It's not. It's an elective cosmetic procedure, and that's all it is. That's all it has ever been. Abortions for medical necessity are so extremely rare that they are statistically insignificant and have been for at least 15 years. They are not health care. It's an elective procedure. That's it. Now, whether you support said elective procedure or not, I'll leave that up to you. I'm not here to try and argue about it, um, but it's not health care. There's, there's no health care involved with an abortion. Sorry, that's it. There's like two conditions that would even necessitate an abortion at this point in time to save the, the life of the mother, and it is really extreme circumstances. All right. That's a, that's a good chunk of it. I'll go over a couple of things, too, uh, that we have here. Maybe play you some sound bites and uh, talk about the the issues with uh, Bobert and Green and their outbursts. I know some people don't like the outbursts. I actually did, and I'll explain why. Coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's no- news channel, not nose channel, news channel. Sorry, I was looking at somebody's very giant nose, uh, and and it it just it came out wrong, and I apologize for that. I'm also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. Um, there's there's a lot that I could continue to do on this. I will put a lot more in the Daily Show prep, and and I'm not going to bother you with a ton of stuff. Uh, with the State of the Union address. I think it is kind of what it is. Uh, I think the moment of the night was Nancy Pelosi's very weird knuckle rubbing. And it was uh, creepy, but Skeletor is creepy anyway. She always is. So I turned it into an advertisement for allnaturalcbd.org because it's like, do your hands hurt? (laughs) Go go to allnaturalcbd.org. Use promo code KC10. Uh, I don't know what that was about. I'm not sure that anybody has actually figured out what that is about, but I will say that her hands look like they are in a lot of pain. So I don't know. Maybe something's going on with her health, and that's why she couldn't clap her hands because her hands were just kind of messed up. But it certainly looked weird. It didn't come off very good. Uh, And she's always got a moment at the State of the Union address where she makes herself the center of attention. Um, I know that some people are not exactly happy with uh, Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert uh, as they heckled Joe Biden. And I'll tell you what, um, while I understand and appreciate the position of wanting there to be decorum and to take the high road, the high road's for losers. It just is. I've been saying this my entire career. The high road doesn't win you anything. It never does. Maybe one or two more people will like you in the end, but you won't accomplish much. And I'm sorry, Joe Biden got 13 of our people killed, and I'm okay with Lori Boebert going up there and pointing out that he was responsible for that while he was talking about dead service members. I'm okay with that. As a veteran, I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with saying that we need to fix our immigration system with them standing up and saying build the wall, because they're right. This isn't a scenario where they were just interrupting his speech to interrupt. They were pointed. They were very specific about what he was talking about at that time to make a point. I understand that people want to go back to the old days where everybody just kind of sat there and kept quiet at the State of the Union address. But the State of the Union address didn't used to be 
a political thing from the president either. And since presidents decided to make the State of the Union address political instead of actually being a State of the Union, you're going to have to deal with some some blowback on that. And, you know, we've, we've got this tradition of doing it now. And I, I'm sorry, every time it happens, the opposite party will be upset about what happened. Uh, the reality of the situation is nobody has given a damn about our military personnel and burn pits. I know because I've been working on that issue for years. And I've been desperately trying to get elected representatives in this state and other states to fix the issue. So is General Petraeus and many others. And they haven't found many allies. And it continues to be a problem. So Joe Biden going up there, Joe Biden's been in government for a thousand years. He's never cared about the issue. But he is directly responsible for 13 of our people dying in Afghanistan. Directly responsible for that. And I'm okay with Lauren Boebert, not just because she's amazing and very nice to look at. I'm okay with her standing up and pointing that out. I really am. You need to go on offense. Taking the high road wins you no victories anymore. I wish it were different. I truly do. But this is the reality, and this is the playing field that they have set, and you've got to play by the rules that are in place. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. I've included a lot of stuff that I did not discuss, uh, referring back to the gaffes, the mistakes, the lies, everything else with the State of the Union address. If you wanted to go check that out at theburningtruth.us after this show today, and you will have the Daily Show Prep published. If you want to watch the live stream, you can go to rumble.com slash Casey the host or theburningtruth.us and click on live stream. Uh, if you are a fight fan, former UFC champion, Cain Velasquez has been arrested on attempted murder charges. Uh, this is, you have to understand, he was the face of the UFC for a while. This isn't uh, just a fighter. This is one of its, at one point in time, one of its biggest stars. And he was arrested on Monday on an attempted murder charge uh, in California. He is the, he's a former champion again. He, he allegedly in, was involved in a shooting in San Jose near a high school. Uh, one person is believed to have been shot in the incident. Of course, he is innocent until proven guilty, but uh, nonetheless, this does not look good. This is not a this is not a typical case you're dealing with uh, with with an athlete like this. And, and said his notoriety. For those of you who are MMA fans, you know exactly how big of a, of a story this is. So uh, keep an eye on that one. Also, uh, BPA. Now, BPA is not dangerous for you. They like to tell you that BPA is dangerous for you, but it's not. And they do this periodically with various things that there's no actual evidence would be harmful to you or anybody else. And then they like to replace it with some new thing. And that new thing sometimes ends up not being safe for you, too. For example, the replacement for BPA has now been linked to an increased cardiovascular disease. I'm going to imagine tinfoil Tuesday sort of a scenario here. I know it's not Tuesday, but tinfoil Tuesday. Um, I'm going to imagine that an awful lot of stuff in the near future is going to be linked to cardiovascular disease and myocarditis because they're going to do everything they can to make everything else the problem and not the established vaccine issue. It's not surprising that chemicals that are structurally similar to BPA are going to have similar effects on human populations, but it is important for you to know there's a lot of research on BPA that shows that BPA doesn't actually do anything negative to you, just so you're aware. 
So it's possible that this isn't a big deal either. I'm just letting you know. Uh, let's see. BPS, which is a replacement chemical for BPA, may increase the risk of cardiovascular disease in the U.S. population, according to a new study, which was published earlier this month in Environmental Sciences Europe. A uh, near ubiquitous ingredient in plastic products, BPA is increasingly replaced by cousin chemicals such as BPF and BPS due to mounting health concerns. However, scientists are now uncovering that these replacements may actually be as harmful or more harmful than BPA. And if you spend any time researching BPA, you will find that it is not a danger to you. There just isn't any. I'm sorry. There just isn't any evidence. It's it's this. It goes back to like when Sweet and Low is going to give everybody cancer. But it turns out that you would have to give a mouse like 14 semis of of uh, Sweet and Low to actually develop a tumor in, in the mouse, which, of course, nobody would ever come close to. It's kind of like that. Uh, so anyway, the study tapped into the data from the National Health and Nutritional Examination Survey between 2013 and 2016 conducted by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention after examining more than 1,200 participants with available uh, bisphenol and cardiovascular disease data. The scientists derived a significant association between urinary BPS and an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, especially in people aged 50 to 80 years. Now, there's a problem with this, though. People who are aged 50 to 80 are already at an elevated risk for cardiovascular disease. (laughs) This is why it is so important for people to learn how to read science. And I know that it's not easy, um, but the past couple of years have probably been a great lesson in why you shouldn't just automatically believe this crap. I have been doing uh, science journalism for you know, over 15 years now, uh, probably close to 17 or 18 before I had a radio show. Scientific research is often nonsense. And most of the published studies that you get, they propose a theory that is never actually validated. It's never duplicated in a peer review. It's not a clinical trial. A lot of it is falsified data. You know, but here you are, you're saying, oh, well, look, you know, um, BPA, which there isn't any real evidence is dangerous to you at all. The chemicals that replace BPA might actually cause cardiovascular disease. And so what we did is we went back six years and we looked at a three-year sample data of people who are age 50 to 80 who already have an increase in cardiovascular disease. Uh, so it's, is this credible? Probably not. This is what I would say. You probably look at this data and you'd look at it with a grain of salt. And then you would ask somebody to do some real research on it, which, of course, will take years and years and years and years. Uh, Although BPA, BPS, BPF share similar chemical properties, BPS and BPF are not safe alternatives for BPA, according to the study's authors. Now, again, if you start to take a look at this, you know, then you will say, well, okay, uh, if we're going to replace BPA with something, then shouldn't it be something that there isn't a question is safe? So now the two chemicals that you're replacing BPA with, which the science is scant, is harmful to you anyway. So if we're going to replace BPA with new things that are producing the same results as BPA in the limited amount of research that's been done on it, then perhaps it's not worth replacing BPA and we should go back to the drawing board and try and find something else if really you desperately want to replace BPA. It's kind of like they tell you MSG is bad for you. MSG is not bad for you. There's nothing wrong with MSG. 
Okay. It just, you know what MSG, Josh, you know what MSG does? It just makes things taste better. That's it. The, the you know, big anti-flavor, they're the ones that really hate MSG because it just makes everything taste that much better. Seriously, grab anything. Put MSG in it. It'll taste better. This is how it works. MSG may, here's the thing. There's no scientific research on this. MSG may cure your lack of taste after COVID. It's entirely possible. It's that good. So you go through this. Um, it's a long article. They they do link to the study. I would go read the study <laughs> because it's it's not a very good one. And most scientific research that gets published is trash. It's hot garbage. We we do regular stuff on this for a reason. And it has never been more relevant or prevalent than over the past couple of years of the pandemic because so much garbage stuff has been published and there's no peer review. There's no actual scientific data behind any of it. And the stuff that has been clinical trial, peer reviewed, all of that, that's the stuff that's been ignored throughout the pandemic, which is why I've been harping on it for so long. So just so you're aware, BPA, probably never going to hurt you in any way, shape, or form. But the replacement chemicals for BPA, according to the people who desperately want to replace BPA, are just as bad as BPA. So there really isn't any incentive to replace BPA with their replacements. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. Wanted to take a moment and thank everybody. The Rumble channel has been growing a lot the past month. I appreciate that. Um, Still not to where we are on YouTube or Facebook, but it is certainly growing, and I appreciate that a lot. And you're, you're the reason for that. Please go watch my live streams at rumble.com slash Casey the host. Hit that subscribe button. You're going to want to be a part of Rumble anyway especially with Truth Social launching, and Truth Social has that exclusive distribution with, uh, with Rumble. If you want to follow me on regular social media, I am most active on Telegram. I've been a lot more active on Getter lately. I, I have an effort pushing to get verified on Getter. Uh, there's been some resistance to that for some reason. I don't know why. So uh, when Truth Social becomes available to the adult platform, Android, I will be on that also. But until then, Telegram and Getter are the best places to follow me for content. If you like memes, you can follow me on Instagram, at Casey the Host, everywhere, okay? Uh, the daily show prep and the podcasts and everything else. And for those of you on, in the WoWo audience, Guy A. Relford uh, from the 2A Project was on my show yesterday. Uh, we posted that interview yesterday because I know that he's on with Kayla quite a bit in the morning over on WoWo. So you can go and you can check out that interview. Again, theburningtruth.us, and it is a news aggregator. Every day you wake up, you go to my website, you've got from the best sources of conservative media, right there you got your, your morning newspaper. And it is, it's, you're going to get real news. I don't know how else to say it. And it's in one spot, and you don't have to worry about hiking around, looking for it everywhere else. All right. Uh, this is another article that I posted. Well, article. It's a post that I posted today on theburningtruth.us. There's a brand new 9-11 video that has been released, and it shows from an angle that has never been seen before the second plane hitting the second tower. And it is a straight-on shot 
from the back of the plane hitting the tower as it impacts the tower. Now, this was recorded uh, by a guy named Kevin. What's his last name? Kevin Wesley, who says he actually posted the video shortly after 9-11. But when he posted it on YouTube, he left it on private accidentally. And all of these years, nobody has seen it but him. And he's probably shown some people, I assume, but he finally realized that it wasn't on public and he clicked over on public and now it has gone viral because now people are seeing a brand new angle of the second plane impacting the World Trade Center. Uh, again, you know, obviously you've all seen what happened on 9-11. You all know what you need to be aware of. I'm just letting you know that it's obviously disturbing if you do want to watch it, but it is available. That video is on my website right now at theburningtruth.us. It's the latest post that I put up there. Um, there is some language, obviously, uh, from the reaction of people there, but um, crazy that it, it, I always comment on this every September. It seems like every single year there's something brand new that that is released to the public for us to see. He says this was an accident, and I know that there's probably going to be some people who don't believe that, and that's fair. Um, but I can tell you as somebody who has been in IT – and as somebody who has worked with a lot of people who just are not into this stuff. So for a lot of us operating YouTube or Rumble or something like that is kind of second nature. For a lot of folks, it really isn't. And they don't fully understand how to make things public or private. They don't get it. And and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So it is totally plausible that this guy did this by accident and just had no idea why nobody was watching his video. And now everybody is seeing the video and it's going viral, but it is it is an amazing angle. It is one you've never seen before. And again, just another bit of, of data and information put into the pile of what actually happened that day. So if you haven't seen it and this interests you, I have it up on my website right now. We've also got this story on 953MNC.com. Indiana lawmakers are considering a framework for small-scale nuclear reactors. If you really want to improve the energy situation in this country, you need to go nuclear. There's no other options, folks. I'm sorry. And I know that uh, there's a lot of folks out there who want windmills and things of that nature. And, um, you know, it, it, I'm assuming the next year or so we'll probably figure out, for those of us in our area here in Michiana, we'll figure out uh, if the solar plant here up the road is going to be a giant waste. Most of you know that I assume that it will be. And that's because I come from the desert, and the solar plants in the desert are giant wastes. So I assume that a, a solar plant here in the Midwest, with the weather being what it is, is probably also going to be a giant waste. But we'll see. So anyway, from electric vehicle infrastructure to renewable energy initiatives, Indiana lawmakers have spent much of this legislative session with their eyes on a post-fossil fuel future. Now, I would like to clarify, I always have to point this out, it's important that you understand this. When you talk about renewable energy initiatives... Oil is a renewable energy. I know that the greenies don't want you to know that, but oil is a renewable energy. There's a reason that when you strike oil and it dries up, you go back 10, 20, 30, 40 years later, and it's full again. Now the Republicans are pushing a controversial alternative, nuclear power. Of course, it's not controversial if you know what you're doing. Uh, the state Senate has approved a bill establishing a framework for utilities to build and operate small modular reactors i did a uh, bit on this a year or two ago these smaller reactors we're not talking about your standard fair nuclear power plant 
Uh, these smaller reactors are actually much safer. They're much more compact. And if there is a catastrophe, much less likely to have major fallout. So it is a completely different, uh, different entity than your standard fare Simpsons nuclear reactor. But it is interesting to see if, uh, if the state will do this. I don't know. Uh, I'm always skeptical of the Indiana Republican Party getting things done that need to be done, particularly on the Senate side of things. All right, folks, we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. Again, you can follow me online, Rumble, Telegram, Getter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere except for Twitter, at Casey the Host, C-A-S-E-Y. More coming up next. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So I just want to let everybody know that as we talk about Russia, Ukraine, that some of this is probably propaganda. Just letting you know. But we'll do our best to keep you updated on, on what we do have available. I also want to let you know that I'm covering for Pat Miller today. If you're in the Fort Wayne audience and you're just joining us and you're wondering why I'm here, uh, he's a little under the weather today. He's all right. Talked with him before the show, uh, and I figured I'd just I cover for him, let him rest. So that's what we're doing today, and I want to thank you all for joining us. So let's deal with Ukraine. Um, I, I don't really know how else to say it. There's a bunch of military experts that have now come out and, and kind of pointed to some of the stuff that I told you before, and this is, you know, you find any veteran who's got any experience whatsoever, and they'll they'll give you the same observations, I think, that I have given you. Um, we'll get into that here in just a little bit. The operator for the Nord Stream 2 has fired all of their employees after U.S. sanctions. Uh, this is the latest report out of there. Uh, the operator of the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline has terminated contracts with all its employees after it was hit with U.S. sanctions following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So, again, uh, what that looks like in the future, not exactly sure, but just keep an eye on it. As I've told you before, the Russians about five years ago made a move away from needing the U.S. dollar to operate economically. And part of that is crypto. Part of that is China. So we're, we're going to see that. But the interesting thing about the China situation is that China seems to be a little quieter about this whole deal once uh, Vladimir Putin put his forces on nuclear alert. So, by the way, um, hey, Josh, have you found a mask that will help you in a nuclear fallout? It's, I haven't talked about it on the air. We've joked about it a lot on the live stream and on, on social media about the federal government issuing the, the guidelines. Remember, when you're sheltering in place from a nuclear fallout to wear your mask, <laughs> they updated those guidelines right before they dropped the mask requirements at the White House and the Capitol. But, but again, you're supposed to wear a mask even in a nuclear fallout. Also, this is the real human tragedy story of this conflict, folks. Uh, Russian adult stars are saying that they're locked out of their OnlyFans accounts and they can't get in there. So they can't make any money. And I don't know how they're going to feed their kids. You know, this is, this is a major industry in Russia. Russia's got three industries, right? They've got oil, they've got bride exportation, and then they've got the adult film industry. And these Russian adult stars cannot log into their OnlyFans as a part of uh, some of the stuff that's happening economically. OnlyFans stars in Russia told Rolling Stone magazine Sunday that adult entertainers were reportedly blocked from posting new videos and getting money earned on the site following sanctions against Russia. 
Now, there's something else that I wanted to point out because I thought that this was interesting. So if you go back to late last year, Russia was threatening to kick YouTube out of its country. And they were doing that because YouTube kept flagging Russian government accounts for COVID misinformation. So Russia threatened YouTube that they were just going to kill YouTube off in Russia and YouTube would not be able to, to have a platform there. And now Russia is begging YouTube to allow Russia to have access to their YouTube channels in Ukraine. And YouTube is not letting it happen. But furthering the China question that so many people have, and again, China has been very supportive of Russia through all of this, um, but they've been a lot more quiet since the whole nuclear deterrent forces being alerted by Putin, which is a strange move. But China's been real quiet then. But TikTok, TikTok is a Chinese app. TikTok has ties to the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese military. It has been proven with two different studies that the Chinese government uses TikTok to get around uh, tracking technology that is designed, well, I should say block tracking, blocking technology. They can track you regardless of your privacy settings in your phone. They can siphon off data regardless of the privacy settings that you have on your phone. Two studies. We told you about this a couple of weeks ago. TikTok is a Chinese Communist Party tool. And if you are aware of that, and, and you know it, and you're using it for resistance purposes, that's fine. But you need to be aware of it. TikTok is not just an innocent social media app. It is, without a doubt, a database building application for the Chinese government. Okay. TikTok has ended access to all Russian accounts. So you're seeing a bunch of the major social networks now saying, hey, Russians, you're not going to have access to your social media accounts anymore. And TikTok, a Chinese government app, is doing the same thing. So for a lot of you out there who are wondering, hey, what's the, what's the question with China here? It's a valid point. But it appears that China is saying, uh-oh, <laughs> nope. Don't think we want to be a part of this anymore. So the idea that Russia could be pushed further to China may not actually be a reality anymore. So we'll we'll see. Um, we knew that they were going to suffer economically, but again, they had made some arrangements to be able to get around sanctions. Uh, you will see globalists tell you that this is proof of why globalist agendas are great, because anytime somebody steps out of line, we can bring the full force of everything on them. And even if they do take steps to get around it, ultimately, they'll be overwhelmed and they'll have to acquiesce. But that is also the threat of globalism, because when they turn it on you, you won't have any recourse either. So just be aware of that. The globalists will, in fact, be promoting globalism as a result, and they'll use Russia as an example here. Uh, so these, um, these poor Russian adult film stars are unable to access their OnlyFans account and produce the content that they so desperately want to produce for all of you. Then you've got, speaking of uh, adult film stars, CBS News. So CBS News... I speak as somebody who used to work for them. CBS News did one of the most tone-deaf things involving Ukraine that I have ever seen. And this includes the Arby's commercial break-in on CNN in the middle of air raid sirens going off in Kiev. And so, for those of you who don't know, CNN, breaking news, air raid sirens going off in Kiev, they're panning. They're doing the whole thing like they're waiting for the bombs to start dropping on the capital city of Ukraine. They're waiting for it. And in the middle of that, 
they just cut to like a like a one-third screen Arby's commercial where they're dancing and they're singing and they're having beers and they're celebrating. It's a fun time. It's whoever decided to do that, 100% tone deaf, 100%. And CBS also happened to go to Applebee's and uh, CBS, yeah, is it App- did I say Arby's commercial? Applebee's commercial, sorry. I was thinking about Arby's today. Uh, so they went ahead and I think that somebody over at CBS went to Applebee's and they had a couple of too many beers and they came back and they said, you know what we should do? We should do a story on Ukraine. And everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah, nobody's doing that. And CBS decided to take a little bit of a different angle on Ukraine though, because they didn't just want to do the same thing that everybody else was doing. So what CBS decided to do was an entire report about how the country of Ukraine is transphobic in the middle of the country of Ukraine dealing with an invasion. I know some of you probably don't think that I'm telling you the truth, but as is always the case, I am. As Ukraine catches fire under the attack of Russian rockets, CBS News has a much bigger worry about the crucified country, according to their Twitter account. Transgender acceptance in Ukraine is not widespread, and changing legal documents to match gender requires a long process with psychiatric examinations, according to CBS News via Twitter. Well, it should, it should always be a long process that requires psychiatric evaluation, but I digress. You want to make sure that somebody's of sound mind if they're going to do it. CBS News spoke with one woman in Kiev who is now battling a, quote, war within a war amid Russia's invasion. I, I don't know what to say to this. Somebody at CBS thought that this was a great idea. And so they went to Ukraine. They found a transgender person in Ukraine. And they did a whole story about how transphobic Ukraine is. And I'm going to let you all in on a bit of a secret here. And I know that this is going to come as a shock. Okay. So I just want you to be aware. And I say this is somebody who's been around transgender people my entire life. You know, I'm from Vegas. Uh, Very common there. Just want you to understand this this very basic point, okay? Outside of a few countries in the West, everybody else's attitude about transgender people is kind of what Ukraine's attitude about transgender people is, and worse. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just letting you all know. For those of you who live in your little bubble, generally speaking, most people kind of understand the psychological issues here. And they're not openly promoting it in their society. Just throwing that out there. So you you can go to any other country, almost, and you can find very similar circumstances, only those countries probably won't have rockets and bombs and all sorts of stuff falling on top of their heads at the time that you're doing it. I think the funniest uh, response to this was uh, when somebody showed the video of that Ukrainian government building getting bombed uh, by the Russians, and they said, uh, yeah, this building was was bombed because it didn't have gender-neutral bathrooms. One of the best comments on the story. So, CBS, I don't know what you're thinking, but stop. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. A lot of talking the past couple of days. Speeches. Multiple shows per day. <laughs> the throat is starting to, to protest, I think. Can you cue my audio, Josh, please? 
Casey Hendrickson here on 95.3 MNC, also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. I promised Pat I would only apologize one time today. I don't think I've needed to. I think I've been, I think I've been okay. I've been a good boy today. Uh, this is Jen Psaki. She went on It's Not News, It's CNN. She was talking about the pattern of Vladimir Putin and his aggression towards Ukraine. Listen to this. Let's see if she understands what she said. You know, I was at the State Department. The president was the vice president the last time Russia invaded Ukraine. This is a pattern of horror from this president, from President Putin. Yeah, it, it, I agree with that. It, it's a pattern. He made moves against Clinton. He made moves against Bush, all when they were at their weakest. He made moves against Obama. He didn't make any moves against Trump, and then he made moves against Biden. I would call that a pattern. Uh, Yeah, 100%. I would totally call that a pattern. I agree with her. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with Jen Psaki. There is 100% a pattern here. Every time Biden is anywhere near Washington, D.C., Vladimir Putin makes a move on Ukraine. Yep. Pretty much. What else we got here? Uh, this is interesting. France is becoming the the spiritual leader of the West. Uh, I've noticed this over the past year and a half or so. And, and his rhetoric, uh, Macron's rhetoric, even under President Trump, wasn't always bad. He, he's, he's the first guy who's headed up France who's shown some strength, at least. Um, but really, since Biden has usurped the legitimate president of the United States, there has been this... I don't know, a surge of leadership out of Emmanuel Macron in France. Just has been. He's the one that's been the strongest on Russia. He's uh, continued to to really, really elevate his national his national uh, imagery. And he says that when he uh, recently met with Putin in Moscow to try and figure out what to do here, that he's not, and again, a lot of this could be propaganda, but that Putin doesn't seem like the same guy that he's met previously. And there's now rumors, okay, unconfirmed, maybe propaganda rumors that the Russian oligarchs are trying to get Putin to change his mind, and he's not doing it. They've also captured some Russian soldiers, and they have had them starting to talk. We'll tell you what they're saying. Please keep in mind that anytime you have captured people and they issue statements, there's a good chance they are being compelled to issue those statements. But we'll tell you what they're saying nonetheless. Coming up on 95.3 MNC and News Talk 1190, Wawa 107.5 FM. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. An update on Indiana constitutional carry will be happening in this hour, so stay tuned for that. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190, WOWO, 107.5 FM. So I just want you to be aware that I'm going to tell you some things that came out of Russian soldiers' mouths. But, as is always the case when you're dealing with prisoners of war, there is always the chance that they are not voluntarily giving these statements, but that it is being compelled out of them. Okay. So I just want you to be aware of that. The reason that I'm telling you this is uh, some of them genuinely seem like this is a real reaction. Usually when you have a POW who is forced to issue a statement, there's certain body language that goes along with that. Some of these guys, that isn't the case. It also matches with rumors that we had heard before. 
And some of those rumors were the Russians weren't told that they were actually invading Ukraine, that it was just a military exercise. Um, and they do say that. Some of these captured soldiers do say that. So both sides have used propaganda. The Western media in particular has gone full in pro-Ukraine, anti-Russia. I've already told you the history of this area here. The Russians have very real very legitimate concerns and complaints. I'm not justifying the invasion. I'm not justifying Putin's actions. But this notion that Russia evil because Russia is always evil and Vladimir Putin is basically Hitler is false. That comes from the position of people who frankly don't know what in the world they're talking about and they don't know anything about that region of the world at all. The Ukrainians have a... They've got a, a, a bit of an ugly history, but you have to understand all of the changeovers in government that have happened since the 2014 revolution, they're working at it. And Zelensky was the next evolution towards making them a legitimate state and trying to root out that corruption and everything else. But Putin didn't allow him to do that. Okay. So again, not justifying what happened with the invasion, not justifying Putin's position here. But the, the truth is, this is a very complicated issue that has been going for a long time, and Ukraine's not innocent here. Russia has legitimate gripes, legitimate complaints against Ukraine and NATO, and Ukraine has legitimate gripes and complaints against Russia, and especially the separatists in the Donbass, and, uh, Donbass region in Crimea. So there's a lot here, and most Americans aren't aware of it, okay? But Western media has gone all in Russia's evil all the time. That's not the case. It's all propaganda type stuff. And we've fallen victim. I mean, as a nation, we've fallen victim to a lot of pro-Ukraine propaganda already. Um, some of that fog of information is being lifted and people are starting to see what's going on. For example, the other uh, 13 soldiers dying on Snake Island didn't die on Snake Island. It was a, a complete fabricated story. Uh, but... We now know the truth, and the Ukrainian government is now admitting to the truth. So both sides are using propaganda here. Uh, the Russians are, are using a grain of truth with you know, fascism and Nazism in Ukraine to justify their attack in Ukraine. But the truth of the matter is that a lot of those Nazi factions are uh, they're left over from the previous regime prior to 2014. Um, they've been desperately trying to get rid of them. There's a National Guard unit that is certainly a neo-Nazi unit uh, for Ukraine, but it is not a federal unit per se. So there's some things that are going on on all sides that everybody kind of needs to understand. That there's Both sides have an argument here, okay? Not justifying the invasion, not justifying the, the tactics or the strategy, but you need to be aware that this is a very, con con not a convoluted, but it, it's a very confusing issue. There's a lot at play here. It's not just Russia bad, Ukraine good. That's that's an oversimplification, and it's completely intellectually dishonest. So, with that said, Russian troops have not performed very well, and Russian troops have been captured by the Ukrainians several times. We've highlighted a couple of those cases, but this time they are speaking. And some of the stuff that they're saying is actually holding up with some of the intelligence that the West has been getting over the past couple of, of uh, weeks. And the body language and the behavior of them does seem to indicate that there may be some truth here. 
some of the stuff that they're saying is they were told that this was going to be a military exercise with the Ukrainians and that they weren't going to attack Ukraine. And so they weren't actually expecting to have a fight with Ukraine at all. And that's, there's been intelligence reports that that was a possibility that they were told that. You have to understand, um, in Russia, Ukraine is seen as their brothers. In Ukraine, Russia, not always seen as their brothers. But from the Russian perspective, the Ukrainians are Russian, right? So some of these troops uh, said that they... See, crying soldiers said that they were not told that they were going to attack peaceful people defending their territory. Um, Some of them said that we were used as cannon fodder. We were just sent in as cannon fodder. Um, Some said that this is not our war. We didn't want to do this to the Ukrainian people. So you have to keep in mind, though, that they are prisoners of war. And there is a very real possibility that this is coerced, okay? But the body language, the mannerisms of some of them who speak could potentially indicate that it is, it is serious, all right? That they, they mean what they're saying. Um, but you just you need to be aware of it. I don't need to play the video because it's all in, in a foreign language and it's transcribed for you, so you can go ahead and, and read it. But I will include it in the daily show prep. Um, but the general sentiment from all of them was we we were not expecting to be at war with Ukraine. You, 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 Ukraine's our brothers. I mean, a lot of them have family in Ukraine. You know, there's a lot of people who have family on both sides of that border um, because they were one country for so long. So this is this is not a pleasant circumstance at all. This is much more like a civil conflict, a civil war than than a lot of people want to admit in the West. Um, but at the same time, Russia, especially in Kharkiv, uh, Kharkiv is a city that is near the Russian border. They identify as, as Russian. They speak Russian, but they're loyal to Ukraine. And that's where you started seeing the cluster bombs getting dropped in civilian areas earlier in the week. And that's where we're starting to see. There's been some accusations of a vacuum bomb being used. Those would be illegal uh, in, in civilian areas. So it's, you know, yeah, you have to look at all sides here. There's a lot of propaganda coming out of both. Just be aware of that. Um, the thing that I've told you before is, you know, the one thing that we have kind of, of learned here and the military strategy, you know, Russia is always the big, bad, you know, evil, scary monster over the horizon for most Americans, but their military has again been exposed. They were exposed in Chechnya. They have been exposed here. Um, our, our equipment is tearing them to pieces. The Ukrainian military, which has largely been trained by the West over the past few years, uh, is fighting very well. They are doing a good job. They are outnumbered, they're outgunned, and they have had a lot of success against the Russians. Tons. Now, the Russians do challenge some of the Ukrainian casualty numbers and say that they've inflicted more casualties on Ukraine's military but we don't, we're not going to know any of that for a long time, okay? Uh, the latest estimates are like the Russians have lost 6,000 people, like hundreds of vehicles. What we do know is that the Russians have lost a ton of vehicles because we've watched the videos of them getting destroyed. Our Javelin and Stinger missiles are taking them out. These are, uh, these are uh, pieces of equipment that were sold to Ukraine and delivered under Trump 
And then the second shipment recently arrived as a part of that $120 million deal. And now Europe and the United States collectively, it's nearly a billion dollar weapons uh, weapons contract that has been uh, done for Ukraine now. But I told you before, when we were watching the invasion happen that first day or day or two, I was like, I'm, I'm seeing very old tactics that are obsolete being used here and tailor made for a Western military to destroy. And right after that, you started seeing Western military tactics being used against the Russians very, very successfully by the Ukrainians and massive, massive casualties, massive casualties on the Russian side. So there's an argument to be made that Russia would have changed their tactics had they felt that they were fighting a more dangerous foe. But of course, any military commander is going to use the tactics that will allow them to win the easiest way with the least amount of, of loss of equipment or life. And the Russians didn't do that. They're doing things very much the way that they were doing things in the 70s. And the results are pretty much the same as what the Russians would experience in the 70s. I mean, one of the reasons that the Russians struggled so mightily in Afghanistan was Stinger missiles. And what's being used against them now? Stinger missiles. They're really, really having issues here. They still have the advantage. Ukraine still had a major disadvantage, but we're seeing this aggressive behavior now from the Russians as that frustration bends up. Um, the fact that Belarus is involved in this conflict proves that the Russians are not happy. The rumors that the oligarchs are trying to change Putin's mind on all of this, uh, the captured soldiers basically saying, we didn't want a war with Ukraine. Ukraine's are our brothers. We don't want to fight Ukraine. So there's a lot of this that's happening. And it doesn't appear to be going very well. So Russia is going to have to resolve this very quickly if they have any chance at all of maintaining any integrity or honor in this situation whatsoever. Um, and I know that they're not going to have that with the West, but I'm talking about from their perspective. I did publish an article from Russian news on my, my social media yesterday, maybe the day before. And again, it's not... It's not to take Russia's side, but you need to know their position here because the Russian position is Ukraine has committed war crimes in Donbass and they need to protect the people in Donbass. So I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm saying that that is their argument and you need to be aware of both sides so you can make an informed decision about who you're going to support here. We're going to have some updates on Indiana constitutional carry because it has been revived. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel and 1190 WOA 107.5 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Republican lawmakers also covering for Pat Miller. Sorry, also covering Pat Miller on News Talk 1190. Whoa, 107.5 FM. We had uh, Guy Relfer from the 2A Project on the show yesterday. I know that he is regularly on with Whoa. I know he's been talking with Kayla quite a bit. I know he's on with uh, Pat Miller not that long ago. I think last week, maybe earlier in this week. And we had uh, Guy Relford on yesterday. So if you want to listen to that podcast, go to theburningtruth.us. Or if you subscribe to my podcast uh, anywhere, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or Google or what have you. Um, we we're just talking about this yesterday and how this could be revived. Republican legislators on Wednesday revived a proposal to repeal Indiana's handgun permit requirement that has drawn strong objections from major police organizations. Now, this is the Associated Press, and you should know 
that the Associated Press is only presenting the police organizations that are in that are opposed to constitutional carry. There's a lot of sheriffs and a lot of law enforcement that have been testifying in favor of constitutional carry throughout this process, but the Associated Press will not tell you that, nor will most of your local media. The proposal was sidelined last week by Republican Senate leaders after a Senate committee approved an amendment that supporters complained gutted the bill. That action came after State Police Superintendent Doug Carter pointedly told committee members that if lawmakers support this bill, you will not be supporting us. Um, And again, uh, with all due disrespect to Superintendent Doug Carter, if you are sworn to uphold the Constitution, then you would not oppose this bill. And you are. You're law enforcement, you hold the position that you have, and your duty is to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States and, and its, its charges. You're choosing not to do that. But it has now been inserted into an unrelated bill because the language had been approved by the House previously. They had this option, and they have done it. So, Indiana constitutional carry is back on, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, do you have some changes to make in Fort Wayne politics with your senator, don't you? Right, Liz Brown? Time to go. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, WOWO 107.5 FM. This is the question. This is the reading between the lines bit about the Russian oligarchs that I was talking about before. So here's, this is what Westerners need to understand. Vladimir Putin is not insane. Vladimir Putin is not a dumb human being. He's very smart. He's very calculating. He isn't, he's very, I know I said smart. He's very intelligent. He's not a crazy psychopath. He's not trying to build a Russian empire He's not trying to conquer all of the lost Eastern Bloc states. That's not what he's doing. I've already explained to you in previous shows what this is about. Now, and that was my theory initially, but there was a document that was published on Russian news media that has now been taken down, which basically confirmed that. The Ukraine, for the Russian people, is it is viewed as like their heart. That is a part of their country. They do not want Ukraine going to the West and being an adversary. So the way that I've kind of explained this is imagine, if you will, Texas says we want to leave the United States and then Texas allies themselves with Russia and Venezuela. How would we feel about that? To the Russians, that's what they think is happening with Ukraine. And while the Ukrainian people have always had issues with Russian rule, For the most part, some parts are very pro-Russia, but for the Ukrainian people, they've always wanted autonomy. And so they don't feel that way. But for the Russians, it's like, you're a part of us, you're brothers. We can't, we can't live without you. We need to be whole again. And so this operation was designed to bring Ukraine. Belarus is already aligned with Russia. So you've got Russia, little Russia and Ukraine as one again. Now, whether that is a geopolitical alliance that is economic like you see with the european union or if it's being absorbed into a russian state whatever that's what this is about and a lot of that has to do with the dying population there 
major issues with uh, with poverty, the supply of men uh, per women over there, huge issue for the Russian people, population declines and everything else. So this is all kind of tied into that. And there were some really good statements on the live stream um, where people were saying that, you know, basically it's Putin is so afraid or I should say people are so afraid of Putin he probably doesn't have any advisors giving him accurate information. And that's probably true. Did you see the other day where the intelligence official was trying to give an intelligence assessment on Ukraine? He was stumbling and Putin just told him to sit down and shut up on national television. People. Putin doesn't kill journalists because journalists don't like Putin. Putin kills journalists who find out that Putin has ties to the Russian mob and when they are going to expose some of that activity. Those are the journalists who die. Journalists who speak out against Putin are generally fine in Russia. It's the journalists who go the extra mile and have information on him. They're the ones that end up dead. But in the West, it's simply portrayed as he's a dictator, he's a tyrant. I got news for you. Vladimir Putin is extremely popular in Russia. That's a reality. Um, he doesn't really need to rig elections there. I know that a lot of Americans don't think that he does fair and free elections, and there's some legitimate evidence to that point, but he doesn't really need to rig elections in Russia. He's extremely popular. But how does he recover from this? And that was the writing in between the lines there with that story about Emmanuel Macron saying this isn't the same guy that I have met several times before at the G7 or anywhere else. Putin's different right now. And Macron believes that he is under a lot of pressure. And if Putin doesn't pull this off, there's a good chance Putin ends up dead. While Putin basically rules that country with an iron fist, Putin has people that he's in business with that can take him out. And he knows that. So there is a very real possibility that we wake up one day and Putin is gone. And honestly, this would be the best strategy for the Russian nation. The best strategy at this point in time is to kill him. Point blank. I was talking with a, a, a prominent friend in the news media here the other day. He thinks we will. I don't think that we will. I don't think we'll need to. Russia is either going to succeed here or Putin is going to be removed. And then that gives Russia all of the plausible deniability. Putin was a madman. He did this. We didn't want what happened with the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany to happen. We took him out. Remove the sanctions. Ukraine, you're fine. Let's normalize relations again. Let's repair this. That's what I think the best course of action going forward would be for the Russians. Whether it's going to happen or not, we have to see. But there is a very, very, very real possibility here. And people are are pointing this out. Very real possibility here that Putin gets taken out if this doesn't end fairly quickly, which is why you're probably seeing these very desperate uh, attacks here. And the way that this strategy that you're seeing right now and why it's so different from early on in the conflict is because they were exposed. The Russian military machine is not as mighty as people have said. And I got news for you. The Chinese military machine isn't. There's nobody on earth who competes with us. It's just a reality, not an open hostile warfare like that. Um, and, uh, and we like to create those boogeymen. 
and I understand why that they're created. And you always have to be vigilant, and you can never underestimate your opponents, but holy smokes, have they been exposed here. More coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, and covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. Yeah, it's, somebody was just asking, like, so Casey, do you really think that Putin is afraid of being assassinated here? Yeah. Uh, somebody was asking about the the alleged bunker story. Allegedly, Putin has got his family in a bunker. And I believe that, but I don't think it has anything to do with him worried about missiles or an airstrike or anything of that nature. I think that he's worried about a coup. I really do. Uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, Kiev is not out of the woods yet. Is, but there's a lot of British and American former special forces operators on the ground in Ukraine. They are helping the Ukrainians, and it is very effective. There's a lot of very close ties between our people and the Ukrainian military that have been developed over the past six years since their revolution. And it is, it's paying off for them right now. It is. So I do genuinely think that Vladimir Putin is afraid of a coup, and I think he's actually in danger of one. And that would be the best case scenario for Russia at this point in time. Folks, thank you for hanging out with us. Go to theburningtruth.us for the daily show prep. Bill O'Reilly's up next.